Are you a music school owner looking to scale your program from just a handful of teachers to a highly profitable, well-organized, and mission-driven company? Well, I'm Nate Shaw, co-founder of the Brooklyn Music Factory. And I'm Daniel Patterson, founder of Grow Your Music Studio. And we're here to help you discover a proven pathway to sustainable growth in your music school. So get ready to take your passion for music education and scale it to a seven-figure music school. Hey, welcome back to Seven Figure Music School. Today, we are joined once again by Alyssa O'Toole of Musicians Playground, a studio in the heart of Boston, of course, my co-host Nate of Brooklyn Music Factory. And we thought as we're approaching the end of the season here, season one that ends at the end of June, uh, we thought it would be good to highlight experiences that we each had that helped us professionally. distinct moments in our professional life where a mentor or a coach took us under wing and made an impact in our life and business. And uh, Nate and Alyssa and myself, we've each picked one experience that we identified as as an incredibly impactful coaching experience. And our goal here today is to dispel the myths and the skepticism I sometimes see about the idea of coaching. It seems like now, um, especially if you participate in the music studio and music teacher groups on Facebook, um, coaches are a dime a dozen now. Everyone is kind of putting on their hat and saying, oh, I'm a coach. I can coach you on this thing. I can coach you on social media marketing. I can coach you on business. And with the proliferation (laughs) of that many coaches, there is a level of skepticism that I've seen that Um, I didn't really see a few years ago. And so I wanted to kind of put some positivity out into the universe and and do this episode and um, show the the range of what is possible when you work with a really good coach. Um, And so we're going to kind of jump into it today. And I thought I would start with you, Nate, because one of the first things that I learned about you when we met at the end of 2019 was that you had been, I'll just, I'm going to be a little more general here. You had been educated outside of our industry, Mm. that you had been involved in some coaching experiences for small business that weren't necessarily focused on music schools. I found that to be really fascinating because Mm. even larger schools I've seen um, and have worked with haven't had that experience if they've ever worked with a coach at all. So I thought it would be good for us to start out today uh, with that experience because, you know, obviously I know some of those things. So can you tell us what was that impactful coaching experience that you had? Yeah, absolutely. And um, Alyssa, psyched you're back with us, by the way. So thank you for joining us. Um, You know, uh, Daniel, I signed up for um, uh, essentially a leadership business training that was run by a software company that was then called Infusionsoft is now called Keep. And they actually had a little training campus on their, like, on in their, like, little, you know, they had a couple buildings. They probably had, like, 450, 500 employees. It's a, it's a you know, they're very much yeah. in the rapid growth stage. And they, they, their software served small business owners. So their 
they thought to themselves, hey, why don't we actually help train these customers of ours so that they'll actually succeed in their venture as a small business owner? I'm now a huge proponent of the idea of a coach, whether it be a life coach, a career coach, that kind of thing. But at the time when I signed up for this to help Brooklyn Music Factory, I was thinking of it more in the term of like training, if that, that helps. Okay. Now, it was put on by Infusionsoft. So yeah. was this coaching and this learning around the software or was it more around yeah, great business question. and your business life? Like what, what was actually in it? Yeah. So it was, it was very straightforward. It was a quarterly program. It was on site. So I flew to Arizona every quarter oh, wow. and spent two to three days in their sort of classroom, as it were. Um, and you know, one quarter was on marketing and sales. The next quarter was on leadership. The next quarter was on strategic planning. And then the third quarter was on hiring, training, um, and firing. Hmm. And they probably called it something better than that. But anyway, <laughs> but that was it. And, and I did it two years in a row, exact same curriculum over and over. What did you get the second year? Same curriculum, but much deeper understanding of the topics. Interesting. And, and um, as we'll get into, for me... Uh, and a lot of the work that you and I, Daniel, do with um, school owners is around that communal um, element and the peer-to-peer learning, which um, really I got opened up to in that context. If mm-hmm. I'm going to be totally honest, I didn't understand how valuable my peers were in terms of helping me solve issues until I was in that program and I was coached to become much more transparent with my with my peers. And mind you, none of my peers were in the music education industry. Right. They were in like, you know, one of them built like airplanes. Another one was, a, you know, yoga coaching. She's still a very close friend. Um, mm-hmm. They were all over the map. Right. Um, but, but that coaching really helped open me up to the idea that like, oh, yeah, I'm going to learn as much from the coach or the teacher as I am from a fellow, just from my friends. Hey, Nate, I've got yeah. a question for you. So what was it that triggered this awareness that maybe a coach or this program was necessary for you? Yeah, it's, it's, I'd love to say, Alyssa, that like, you know, I was contemplating and meditating on it and I woke up one day and said, I'm <laughs> going to do this. It wasn't like that. It was, I was I literally at an Infusionsoft conference in a business competition we Brooklyn Music Factory ended up winning this award at this conference that they hosted. And after winning the award, they came to us and said, hey, you guys might qualify for this program. You're not quite a big enough business yet. You know, you need to be seven figures to be in the program. You needed to have at least a dozen employees. We had that many employees. We didn't have that kind of revenue yet. Mm. But they came and asked. But the fact is, is that in that moment, Alyssa, I was actually open to help. Oh, that's a big... I- and that's huge, right? I mean, I'm sure both of you, that resonates for both of you. It's like, um, what is it in, what does it take for us to actually open up the channel and say, I'm ready to ask for help and receive help? Yes. You know? Yes, because we show up entirely different if we're not open, receptive, or wanting that help in the first place. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, I'm curious for you, Alyssa, like you, um, 
you know, you, you've talked to us a little bit about, about a couple different examples in your own life, personal, professional, et cetera. Did you find that there was a point in your life where you said, oh, actually, I am open to help? Mm. You know, Nate, actually, this is going to be a, a radically different answer than I think both maybe you and Daniel have. But uh, for me, it was the opposite. I was constantly seeking uh, help, learning opportunities to the point where my journey of my 20s and into now early 30s has been about trusting myself, about learning in my own ability to self-source, to have metacognition, to coach myself, right? But that comes after you know years and years of having coaching and of having various experiences, both on the professional and personal levels with people that I've been gracious to work with and be influenced by. So I think for me, it's been more about stepping into my own uh, sense of leadership of my life. And, um, and I've always been very open to learning where I'll spend, you know, many, many thousands of dollars on learning opportunities. And that's been a consistent theme um, from the time I was 20 years old uh, onward into my professional life. Mm. Mm. Daniel, oh, you. Daniel resonate. Yeah. Oops. Sorry. I don't know if you guys resonate in that space or if it might be different for you. Yeah. Daniel, what about you? Well, I think that I wasn't even aware of the opportunity. I, I wasn't aware that such people even existed. <laughs> right. Um, for me, and, and this kind of has to do with my upbringing and, and kind of my background, but I come from a kind of blue collar family mm. and um, musician uh, coming out of that, you know, uh, discouraged to go into music and in uh, at university, that sort of thing. Um, and uh, although, you know, my parents were very supportive in terms of my music growing up, but when it came time to get a real job, that was the, that was the word that was used, you know? <laughs> and so I would say that there, there wasn't an awareness of the fullness of what was available out there. And, you know, I'm of such an age too, that I kind of lived through, you know, in high school and early college, web 1.0, web 2.0 comes out. And then I would say there was this shift in the early 2010s mm. where the internet got democratized for business. Mm. Um, obviously people had things before, but there was this awareness of, oh, you could start a quote unquote side hustle. And I became aware of different podcasts. You know, I've mentioned that um, the Pat Flynn Smart Passive Income podcast was incredibly influential on me. I discovered it about 10 years ago. It was October of 2012. And I listened to every, at the time, I think he had only 50 or 60 episodes. And I listened to most of those old episodes and listened faithfully every single week. And my head was just swimming with all these opportunities that I could, could, um, could, uh, avail myself of. Oh, I could do that as a side business. Oh, I could do that as a side business. And then in the, in the process of that, I became aware of the online course, the online coach. And it was just as that awareness was coming to me that I then began to ask myself, well, could that be useful for me as well? Like this guy, you know, is selling this online course on this topic that I need. And so I think there was an awareness that, that came simultaneously and it wasn't too long after I kind of 
became aware of that professional relate that kind of professional relationship that that I took advantage of it. Though the way that I got to it was um, a little bit different than you know discovering something on a podcast. But we'll probably get to that in a few minutes. So that's kind of my experience. You know, Daniel, you um, you raised some points that I think are important to start to get a little more discerning on. And I feel like, Alyssa, you touched on this, too, in this idea that you were always open to the information. So you were always asking. You were always taking that online course. You are always grabbing the book that your friend was like, you should read. Um, I'm curious for you, like, where that transition was when you said, I started stepping into the, to the, I, I wrote actually stepping into me, like you stepped into your self ownership. Yes. What triggered even the willingness, like what happened where you went from learner to um, kind of owning your own possibility? Yeah. And I, and I, what I'm hearing from you too, is that, that you became more of a passive observer and, or like taker in of information. And then you got better and better at making use of that information and then um, be, becoming an active, again, like that word owner of your own uh, life and your choices that feed your professional and personal success. So for me, I, I will say this is where coaching was so important. Like you were saying, when we work with people who are really great coaches, no matter their domain, they help us to be better questioners of ourselves and of our lives. And they help us to see the fine line, fine lines of where truth is. And I think that um, for me, it just took years and years of voracious reading, of having a lot of coaches in my life, again, that I've been blessed to have had the help from. And then after you do it, like your instrument, you have that experience, you have those trusted people for many years as sounding boards, as mirrors to how you're showing up. Then all of a sudden, this day arrives where you can do that for yourself and you can do it masterfully and easily. However, not to say I don't still have coaches because I believe we will always have blind spots. Yeah. We just, we just get better. We just start playing at higher and higher levels and the issues of which we're being faced with become more and more complex. So I think that for me, yes, I, on, on some of the levels um, that may have 10 years ago, uh, seemed impossible for me to recognize and to, to handle on my own. Um, I'm handling those gracefully now. Um, and now the things that I'm dealing with are, are much different, more evolved. And, and it's a reflection of who I've become, right? And so, yes, always a need for a coach, at least where I'm coming from in my life philosophy. Um, but I would be interested to, to know if, you know, Nate, Daniel, if you guys feel differently or if you have coaches still yourself or, um, yeah. Yeah, so... I really like what you said there. Uh, operating in your business life at higher and higher levels. This is where I really have a strong opinion about the idea that we are, I'll just put it this way. Um, I would almost think of it as like being a business athlete. Mm. Uh, um, this idea that, you know, you have varying levels starting at little league of skill in a sport. And as you get into higher and higher levels of skill, the coaches that you work with are of higher and higher skill. Um, and the kinds of, you know, quote unquote therapy that you do uh, uh, it, it, um, in, in the athletic sense are much more refined. You know, 
<laughs> I talk about it way too much, but the last dance, I think about the coaching staff for the Chicago Bulls um, and how they had, you know, specific, um, specific roles. Uh, Michael Jordan even hired an extra coach outside of the Bulls organization uh, to help him get stronger. And the guy's name is Tim Grover. He wrote a book called Relentless. Um, and you know, he, Tim, if you look at interviews of him, just said that uh, he'd never seen someone who worked as hard as Michael Jordan, right? Um, but consequently, if you actually look at Tim's mindset and how he coached Michael and, and what he did, it was very clear that he was just an elite level of coach as well. And of course, you'd have to be to quote to uh, coach arguably one of the greatest, if not the greatest athlete in the history of, the, you know, at least our modern age. Um, so I really resonate with that, Alyssa, this idea that a good coach makes you more capable. A, um, a good coach levels you up. And, you know, obviously we haven't shared your story yet, Alyssa. I haven't shared my story yet, but I, I think that's um, something that people are really going to see in the, in the impactful experience I'm going to share here in a few minutes, uh, because my coach did something with me that has stayed with me to this day. Um, and has made business and professional life much, uh, much better for me all these years because of some work we did in the fall of 2016. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, Alyssa, this might be a good time for us to switch over to you and mm -hmm. ask maybe for you to, to share your impactful experience. And um, I'll, I'll ask you the question that that I asked Nate, what was it? <laughs> uh, I'm going to cheat. And I know that I was supposed to just say one, but I'll say two and okay. let's keep it brief. Um, so the first one was with Tony Robbins and um, a coaching program that he offered. And that was life coaching. And that I started when I was just freshly graduated from my undergrad about I hate to date myself here, but like 12 or so years ago. Um, and it was so incredibly important. Why? Because from that program, I gained clarity and vision and I gained self-responsibility and ways of organizing myself and directing my energy and work. Um, and then fast forward, I worked in a bunch of other programs, as I mentioned on this podcast before, and uh, I've had many experiences, but then the second most critical experience I had was in 2019 with my spiritual coach, uh, Anne Ied, and her um, her business. I'll make sure I include a link for if we can at the end of the podcast in case anyone's interested in looking into her and her work. Um, but that was on the personal level. And the reason I feel it's it's equally important for me to mention both of these for people listening is, as all three of us know here, uh, and as all of our listeners know, being a business owner, being an entrepreneur is so directly uh, integrated with our personal health and happiness. And we all live happier lives if we're integrated people. And so if something's suffering on the personal level, it's going to show up in the form of various business problems that we're experiencing in our businesses. So at that time, I was going through a really tough breakup. Uh, I was not a functioning human being, and I had a, a hell of a year at Musicians Playground. We were under a lot of debt from just having relocated. Um, we had quadrupled our expenses in, a, in the period of a few months, and I had no real clear plans to build the revenue to get to that goal. So a lot of growth has happened for me in the period of 2019 to current. 
Um, and here I was with my heart completely broken and unable to just show up and be a normal person. Um, and so I found Anne because her and I had shared uh, the same spiritual paradigm. And she has this beautiful integration of um, both the spiritual uh, lens that she can see things through as well as life coaching. And so Anne helped me to, to regain my sense of peace my sense of um, my tools for um, for experiencing that whenever I wanted, for knowing that that's always available to me. Um, we went through how you know how to know if I'm operating from my greater self versus playing to lower expressions of myself. Um, really, my work with her was about elevating my consciousness. And so, people listening, that may sound a little bit foreign. That's okay. But if that word doesn't work, you can think of just general awareness, acute awareness of how I'm being, who I'm being in my life and how that's influencing my reality. So that was so important because then with those tools, I went into my business a lot less threatened. You know, if I had a difficult conversation with an employee I had to have or a challenge with the finances in the business, no longer did I feel like I was so personally on the line. I have these amazing tools that I developed with Anne in the period of the, the couple years or three years that we worked intensively together. And I was able to show up much more powerfully in those challenges. So I would say, you know, for anyone listening that they're so closely integrated, whether it's personal, professional coaching, it all is going to support the other. Alyssa, mm. this um, is super powerful because you just summarized at the end, but I was writing down my notes. When a business feels broken, oftentimes our immediate reaction is to double down on the work. I'm just going to work harder on the business to try to fix it all. Mm-hmm. And you made like, uh, frankly, you made a probably a, a mature decision beyond your years in the moment, right? <laughs> Which is like, I'm actually going to double down on me and let yeah. the business benefit. Um, and that is like, if I was not, I would not have made the same choice mm. at that chapter. I mean, I, I make the choice now as a 52 year old, but I didn't have the, I didn't have the clarity then to make those choices. You know, mm. I would have, at that time I was a performing jazz pianist. I would have just doubled. I would have practiced harder. I would have, you know, rehearsed the band harder. I would have tried to up my PR game, all these things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel, you tell it, I mean, I'm not going to give it away, but you tell a great story around your coaching life where you actually went out and rode horses and were like on a farm. And, and like, to me, actually, that story is profound because it's so far outside of the realm of what you'd expect. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I didn't get an owner's manual when I started my music school. And I wasted a lot of time on trial and error and making things up as I went along. But you don't have to do that. Nate and I are building a library of resources and tools exclusively for fans of this podcast. Go to growyourmusicstudio.com slash 7FMS and sign up to receive podcast updates, free resources, and even submit questions for us to answer on the podcast. That's growyourmusicstudio.com slash 7FMS. And we look forward to answering your questions. Anyways, I feel like it's a good time to go to you in terms of like when you opened up to coaching and just what's your story? What was the impact and the, the outcome for you? 
I had considered telling that story as the most impactful experience. And uh, maybe I'll even reference it now that you've mentioned it. But <clears throat> it started very simply um, where I was feeling frustration around a number of business issues. Uh, to echo what Alyssa said there and then what you elaborated on, Nate, I assumed that the reason that I wasn't being, wasn't having more success than I was, was because I wasn't efficient enough. I wasn't being productive enough. And I reached out to this coach and I could tell the story of how that happened. I don't know if it's all that helpful, but through a series of recommendations, I was introduced to this guy named Dave. And I really didn't know what this was going to be about. And he just emailed me, emailed back a few times. And, um, he said, hey, you know, just um, write out a little agenda of what you want to talk about. So I do this. We come into this call. And within 45 minutes, I'm crying. <laughs> I'm realizing. Wow. And he said, he said, um, you're just wound so tightly. He says, I don't know if I've met a more efficient person than you. And I've coached a lot of different business people, people with much bigger businesses than you. And I don't say that to pat myself in the back. It's actually a sign that I had so misjudged what the problem was mm -hmm. that I could, that I assumed that was the issue. So having such a, and what was fascinating was I was coming into this call thinking, well, we're going to talk about business stuff. We're going to talk about the problems in my business. And what took me aback was the questions he asked. And it very quickly turned from, from business questions and, and questions about me and why, well, why do you think that's true? Mm -hmm. huh. Now here, I, I, this isn't necessarily the purpose of this podcast episode, but I'm just going to put this out here because I think it's valuable. The most impactful coaching experiences I've had have always been ones in which the coach did not give me easy answers. Mm -hmm. I can tell you times where I worked with a coach and I say the problem and they go off in this wild, wide eyed, wild, like, okay, you need to do this and this and this and this. And even within the first 30 seconds of their instruction to me or their, their coaching to me, they're already off target because they don't know the depth of the situation. The best coaches I've worked with have been the ones that have asked me tons and tons of questions about the situation. And going back to my most impactful coaching experience, I would say, or at least one of them, is that very first six-month coaching agreement that I did with Dave, because we spent most of that time not talking about the business, but rather the frustrations I was feeling. And it came to a point about three or four months in where he had given me this tool for solving an issue like a mental tool. Um, and I sat in this office at this desk because I was experiencing a lot of stress about money. Mm. And, I, and, and he had taught me this technique of like questioning my own thoughts and, and these sorts of things. Um, and we had worked on it in a number of coaching sessions together to the point that I you know, read the book where he'd learned this. He'd actually gone to a seminar, been certified in this method. By the way, this guy was a really successful salesman. So this wasn't necessarily, 
you know, a life coach or a spiritual coach, nothing wrong with that. But this was a guy that built himself as a business coach, but the work that he was doing with me, he brought tools that he felt were necessary to the problem at hand. And so I got this tool and I started on my own using this tool whenever I just began to learn if I'm feeling discomfort or stress that I actually need to sit down and process that. And so, and I still have it um, on my notes from October 4th, 2016. Can you, para- can you paraphrase what the tool is? Uh, it's called The Work by Byron Katie. Got it. Um, and honestly, it's fascinating. Um, the questions that she has you ask, I've encountered them in other coaching methodologies. Um, right. Even in, uh, you know, like going to a marriage counselor with my wife, like he had his own version of those. He never studied the work or anything like that. Um, but he had questions that were very similar to those questions. I thought, okay, this is just in the DNA of life. This is just something that needs to be done when you're experiencing discomfort. Well, here's, I'm going to get to what I did and I'm going to get in the impact that it had because Mm -hmm. here's this thing, like I'm experiencing stress around money and I'm asking these questions. And in the course of asking it, I came up with a statement. I need more money. And, and the questioning technique goes through and asks, well, how can that be wrong? Mm. How is it that you might actually already have more than enough? Um, and I'm not really doing it, not doing it justice. What I will tell you is that I sat here for about an hour and worked on four or five statements. And at the end of that hour, I felt such calm where as before, kind of my stomach would have been in knots thinking, mm. about, well, how am I going to gather situation, et cetera, et cetera. And it did something to my brain where I really have not experienced the kind of stress around money that I did prior to 2016, all through my adult life. You know, I graduated from university in 2004 and I, you know, gone through my, my entire twenties experiencing stress around starting a small studio, these sorts of things. And the lasting effect that it had on me has been profound in that I have been in stressful money situations since then, mm-hmm. but they have not, derailed me the way that they did prior. Um, and I will tell you the ability to exist and operate in your business with a, le- with a level of clarity and emotional calm is, is almost a superpower. Um, mm. and, and I will tell you that in coaching hundreds of people now myself and bringing this framework that uh, frankly, guys, I derailed my business plans. I was so profoundly impacted by this. I was like, I said to Dave, I actually want to learn how to do this. And so for the entirety of 2017, I changed my plan and learned and and went kind of into an apprenticeship with him uh, to learn these tools and to learn how to bring this to other people. And go ahead. Well, no, Daniel, I was going to, I want to, I want to, I want to zero in here for a moment because I think getting back to your Pat Flynn example, one of the challenges listeners can have is that they, or one of the challenges I can see is people listen to this and say, oh, I just need that book. <laughs> right? And Essentially, yeah. that's not what I'm hearing you say. And you just highlighted something at the end there, which is doubling down on not what I'm hearing you say. You're not saying, you're saying that tool in that moment was the right tool for you delivered through the correct channel, which was Dave. Yeah. Which boom was Dave. Mm-hmm. And then 
not only was it the right tool for at the right time delivered by the right person, but it had such a profound impact on you. You were willing to do the work and go deeper. And then you actually doubled down and said, I'm changing the next six to 12 months of my life to learn more about it. Yeah. I just want to, I, I, I like, I double, triple started on my note card, which is it's not the tool that matters. And so what I'll say is that there are a lot of tools in the world. Yes. Um, and coaches can teach those tools. I've coached people on Google AdWords. I've coached people on how not to be stressed out all the time in their business. Some tools are more valuable than others. And I think for me in that moment, seeing how the profound impact it had on me, um, I thought, oh, this is a tool I really, really need to learn. Facebook ads might be great. Google ads might be great. But this is actually something that can impact my entire life. And so I kind of derailed my life plan to go deeper on that tool. Yeah. Um, I love what you, and you made an important distinction there, Daniel. You said not all tools are, cre- are equally valuable. That's a really, yeah. that's a good add-on to my comment because I, I sort of was declarative. It's not the tool, but you're actually, like, but there's a nuance to that. Thing, yeah. Which I appreciate for sure. Yeah. Um, I want to just read a quote that I, I put in the chat window for you. And, uh, and, and you'll appreciate this, Alyssa. This actually came from my Dharma class last night, which was reality is as it is. It's as you are, mm. <laughs> you know, and I feel like both of you guys are, 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 are like sort of sharing in your own personal story, these really important chapters of your life where you began to view yourself differently. Yeah. Um, and Daniel, what's fascinating, dude, is you and I met and you were coaching um, some of my staff, but also me. And <clears throat> I remember one of the important outcomes for me, the return on all of those hours we spent together was this notion where you were like, Nate, you can be more efficient with your time and the return on an investment can be fewer working hours. And for the first time, I started blocking whole ske- chunks of time that ha- of nothingness. Mm. And you were like, just maybe, who knows if that's what you need, but why don't you test it out? You know, and it was just fascinating to me because I, much like you, had sort of gone through a lot of my working life thinking that it was all about um, how efficient I was with the method mm-hmm. I was implementing around scheduling my life. Okay, I feel like we should get deeper into return on investment mm-hmm. um, because I think sometimes, you know, the resistance I felt around coaching and training and whatever was that, man, it takes a lot of money and time. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, like Alyssa, in your story, you're talking about how your business was going underwater. You were coming out of a relationship that was a really difficult breakup. And, and then what do you do? You invest both time and money. Yeah. So that's like, a, that's for, I promise uh, you guys that for our listeners right now, there's a whole bunch of people that are like, no, I don't have time or money for this. <laughs> I mean, I can, I can speak to that. Yeah, Daniel, please. Anybody, let's pick up on this because we, we have to double down on what the actual ROI is. I mean, I think each of us, for the experiences that we've said here today, we could label an ROI. But you're saying what you just said there is um, why, would you, you know, why would you spend time or money? Why, why, why do that? It could, it could be expensive. 
And I, I've been in coaching relationships where it was very expensive all the way up to over five figures. Mm-hmm. Um, that coaching experience, eventually I kept, I kept working with Dave uh, past 2017, past 2018, 2019. And uh, we started getting into some real wild stuff, like the deeper we went. And uh, one of the experiences we had was to go to a horse ranch in the wilderness of Oregon. And um, there was a horse therapist there. And um, horses wow. have this finely attuned sense of, of um, they're, they're prey animals. And so they're very aware. And we, we did, I'm not going to say exercises, but um, we, we were just in this corral with these horses. And they said, if you get calm, the horses will get calm. Mm-hmm. Do you have that ability to, to shut yourself down? And mm-hmm. um, th- we did this thing where um, I, I walked all the way to the other end of the corral and I came to a certain point and they told me like, think of something that makes you angry while you're walking towards the horses. And the, and the therapist said, when you get to about this point, you'll notice that the horses can sense that anger in you. Wow. And sure enough, I walked and I was thinking of something that really upset me. And, and um, one of them had actually been laying in the dirt and they got up and started kind of trotting around nervously. So it was just this, it was a real, it was really fascinating. This idea of, of, um, uh, of this awareness, like Alyssa was saying a little bit ago, what's the mm-hmm. ROI of all this, this kind of awareness, uh, this kind of piece that you can bring to situations um, certainly is going to help you make better business decisions. And I can point to a lot of examples over the, the last couple of years where I just don't think I would be in those situations or have that, uh, those experiences were it not for the working on quote unquote, the personal side, Mm. but in reality, there is no personal side. Businesses are run by humans. We don't have business problems. We have us problems. Yeah. I think it's, that's the tricky part with coaching um, is sometimes the most important or impactful learnings from our experiences with various coaches and programs are the hardest to quantify. Yes, we all would love uh, a better, you know, maybe salary or revenue for our businesses. Um, And we all probably are quick to say, well, that means we're successful. We're doing well. But I know a lot of very, very rich people who are not very rich on the inside um, who are completely stressed out and living miserable lives. And so, and a lot of times the money, like Daniel was pointing to in his experience with Dave, is just, an, it's, a, it's an external manifestation of our inner state, right? So I think, you know, where this point, where the ROI for me has been driven home over and over, and Nate and Daniel, I don't know if you guys have done this yourself. I found journals of my like first, you know, experiences before my mindset when I was working with Anne in the beginning, and then, you know, it's journaling. Oh, I'm so heartbroken. And oh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to make it to tomorrow. Um, and, you know, or just like these things that would bother me. Right. And I look at that journal. I, I literally kid you guys. Now, I, I took this journal out a week ago and I was reading it and enjoying a coffee. And I thought someone different wrote that. Yeah. I couldn't really remember who that Alyssa was. Yep. And I can't even believe that those were things that would cross my mind or bother me or take up my heart and mental energy. And so that was the ROI for me. And, and Anne would kindly and always 
remind me of that in our sessions together. You know, I, t- I just don't feel like maybe I'm getting anywhere or seeing much change. And she's, she said, it's very hard to see your own transformation, right? Um, and don't forget where you started, where you began. And so I think sometimes our, re- our resistance, Nate, like you were saying, can also come from uh, our desire as humans to have certainty and to have this like objective outcome from everything we do. When really the, the, the life is not that objective, life is, uh, is not certain, right? And we have to sometimes find those things for ourselves. That's part of the beauty of living. And I'm sure as, as anyone sits here that we could all look back at any learning opportunities and find the seeds that were planted that then led us to our awareness today. And then let us on the journey that we're having right now, right? So just all that to say, I think some of the resistance can also come from that need to have everything be objective and certain and clear uh, when that's just not how it works. For me, I wrote down sort of like four or five concrete outcomes. The very first return I got on actually reaching out and going to this training at Infusionsoft is that we crossed the seven-figure mark way sooner than I ever thought possible And the truth is, if I'm going to be totally transparent, I never, ever in a million years thought we were going to be a seven-figure business. The second was we, I was strongly encouraged to develop our curriculum products. They were like, Nate, you guys have such great purpose and values and mission here. You really need to help. You need to expand your ripple effect. Like, how can you help other people um, in in their teaching? You know, and so that was something I hadn't really considered seriously. The third ROI was that I started bringing members of my team to Arizona. That was insanely mm. effective. Mm. All of a sudden, they were getting the same lessons I were getting, and we were all there just in the sandbox together, learning how to build a castle. You know? <laughs> and I cannot begin to tell you how profound that an impact that had on my team. Mm. You know, it's not my team, anyways. It's just the team. It's like what you said, Daniel. It's just we're just humans doing this thing. So now it was three or four of us, you know, hanging out together until 11, 30, 12 at night, talking about what we might do differently, you know, and, and, um, that was an incredible, um, that changed, that changed profoundly how I operate Brooklyn Music Factory, realizing that everybody who wants to invest in where we're going needs to be invited to the party. Mm-hmm. It's not like leader and team. It's just us. And if we're all invested in this thing, then let's all sit down and work on our critical thinking and how we're going to get there. Daniel, any closing thoughts on this sucker? What do you got? (laughs) I don't know. I think that we kind of each went through. Uh, Maybe there's something on episodes like this or topics like this. It's always been surprising to me the 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 feedback I've gotten from folks because it isn't always the the thing that I think it's going to be that made the the impact. Um, so I think a lot has been said here by the three of us. I think that uh, there's a lot to ponder on, um, and we've all come from. Um, I, I've loved the diversity of opinion and the and then and the diversity of experience when it came to the different kinds of experiences we've had. Yours is more of a mastermind. Mine was more of a one-on-one coaching. Um, Alyssa found great um, value in 
in the work that you did with Anne and the Tony Robbins experience that spilled over into the business side of things. Um, I think there's a lot for people to consider and think about. I think maybe just to end, um, we always we always do what we want. Nate, about 10 minutes ago, you referenced the fact that, uh, you know, why would you invest time and money? We always do what we want. And I think that when one gets to a point where the frustration around a particular facet of their life or business becomes so painful or uh, inflamed <laughs> um, that- or the desire. Or the desire. Yeah, the desire for something better or the uh, movement away from uh, you know, pain. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, that motivation uh, shows up for folks. And I think you then begin to find ways to, to, to solve these issues. And, and you look for a mentor or a coach. And um, mm-hmm. I think for each person, they have to know uh, for them, they they do know for themselves uh, where those areas are, um, and then it just comes down to: Do I care about this enough that I want to invest in it? I think that's why working with a coach around money is one of the most important things you can do because oftentimes people will be will will live for quite a long time in pain in their business or in their life um, because they don't want to spend the money to solve the problem. Um, I, that's why I think doing work on money is, is incredibly important because when you start thinking in an investment mindset, it becomes uh, much, much more um, likely that you're going to move rapidly like Nate was saying he did, you know, getting over seven figures much quicker than he thought he would. So I think that's where I'd probably end. Love it. Alyssa, thanks so much for joining us. As <laughs> always. <laughs> it was a blast. Thank you. Okay. Ooh, all right. Well, the next one. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Hey, it's Nate again. You know, every year at Brooklyn Music Factory, we get dozens and dozens of great reviews from our families. And you want to know how? Because we ask them. And they're happy to leave a review because of the positive impact that we've made on them. And so now... I have a simple ask for you. If this podcast, the 7FMS podcast, was helpful to you, would you mind leaving a review for Daniel and I? And please, share the podcast with another music school owner that you think might benefit. It's one of the best ways that you can support us. We appreciate it.